0: So it's, it's really important to me that everything that I've been through made me better on a business front, on a personal front, on a philanthropic front. Uh, these are the little things that if you allow life to make you better, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. So, so it's really important for me for that.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Founder Vision with Clearview, where we explore the triumphs and tribulations of building teams and ideas that last in today's wildly dynamic world. Today's guest is Michael Udell. He's the CSO of BEAM, which stands for Be Amazing. They provide their own direct-to-consumer nutrition supplements for fitness enthusiasts. They like to call it Farm to Shaker. Michael, how are you doing today?
0: Doing great, thank you so much for having me today.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you. So tell me a little bit more about what you guys are doing at BEAM.
0: Uh, I think it starts with our origin story, so it it dates back to 2017 or the end of 2016. Uh, I have a legacy business that I started in 2010 and that business actually raised a round of funding and the goal for that funding to allocate those funds were to start a new business uh, completely separate of the legacy business uh, which was called campusprotein.com. And it was going to be a high-end premium supplement brand, a supplement brand that was going to solve a lot of the issues that we saw in the industry. Uh, when we started to create that brand, uh, that summer of 2017, I developed a cough. I was 27 years old. I was the healthiest I've ever been. I was in the best shape of my life, but I had a dry cough. Uh, as a entrepreneur working really hard on building my businesses, I overlook this cough it would go away and it it didn't um we ended up uh in the emergency room uh late july finding three tumors in my chest uh which Mm. then uh was diagnosed uh for rare cancer and i was in chemotherapy um within a week after that. So my life started in January 2017 being a normal, great year, ready to build a company. Didn't really have an idea of the name of that company or the idea behind the company. Uh, To 2017 July, I was fighting for my life. Um, I was told by the doctors uh, that it would be a six-month battle and I would have incredible odds in the 90% to be cured. Unfortunately, that didn't happen um the battle ended up being 18 months three failed chemos two failed clinical trials and then a stem cell transplant but the chemotherapy that ended up putting me in remission the chemotherapy that ended up saving my life fast forward two years i'm healthy i'm in remission i'm good the name of that chemo or the acronym of that chemo was b-e-a-m so that's where the name beam comes from and to be Mm -hmm. amazing is our version of being the best version of yourself so I was battling for 18 months, I was trying to keep my quality of life as high as possible, and I was taking supplements, extremely clean supplements, I was still trying to go to the gym when I felt good enough, and that is the DNA in, in the brand beam. The actual product that we sell, which we spoke about earlier, is premium high-end supplements. So we use the term farm to shaker because we control 100% of the process. So from sourcing the ingredients, I could tell you where everything is, is made from and sourced from, to uh, manufacturing the product, to flavoring the product. We own our own flavor house. Um, mm. We are able to not have any middlemen. So all of our cost goes directly into making the product superior at market prices. So we're able to have superior products and formulas for uh, the market price. Sometimes even better than the market price, which makes us the the second part of our business that differentiates ourselves. And the third pillar, the third part of our business that differentiates ourselves, is our philanthropic DNA. So when I got diagnosed. Uh, I didn't really know what my future uh, uh, like, kind of had going for itself. And I needed to decide what my legacy was going to be. So uh, something I never did prior to being sick was be philanthropic. And once I learned uh, both internally and externally the value of being philanthropic, it, it had to be in the Beam DNA. So... So far, since starting the brand March fourth or ten days before COVID of twenty twenty, uh, Beam has donated over three hundred thousand to cancer research. Uh, we've planted over two thousand trees, and we have donated a th- thousands of dollars to uh, over seven yeah over seven foundations from Habitat for Humanity from uh, Toys for Tots, uh, Salvation Army, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness as well, um, and, and several other foundations. So uh, wow. long story short, it was a, a long story that got us here, uh, a long battle that got us here. But the brand is exciting. We're thriving. It's very amazing to see what fitness and health and wellness has done through the crazy times of COVID. And I'm excited to really discuss that with you.
1: Yeah. Wow. That is, that is amazing to borrow from your name. There are a couple, a couple things I'd love to double click on there. First of all, you, you mentioned that you hadn't been philanthropic and then you became very philanthropic while you were building a company fighting cancer. Like what, what changed in you? What, what did you experience that went from, you know, I'm fighting for my life to, I need to be philanthropic. And my business needs to be.
0: Yeah, that's uh, an interesting thing. And usually uh, it's an internal thing. But in this case, it was an external thing. So I personally never wanted to be the guy that people felt bad for. So for the first six of, six months of my battle, I kept it secret. Only my close friends and family and my business partners knew that I was battling. Uh, I had a buzz cut, so it, it didn't look that strange. My complexion was a little pale, but... I didn't really change my personality, I didn't change my being, so it wasn't instantaneous. However, when I failed my first chemo, my business partner signed me up for a local foundation called Cycle for Survival where it's a 4-hour uh, bike ride to raise money for cancer research and I was just like, "You know what? I'm going to leverage my story. I'm going to open up about my story and Uh, I'm going to make something good out of it. So instead of it being about me, I tried to make it about this event. I thought, you know what, maybe a couple of my friends will donate. I posted my update right when I left work that night. It's a 12-minute walk to my apartment. I woke up or I opened my phone after the 12 minutes to 200-plus text messages uh, 500 plus notifications on Instagram, and we raised $25,000 within 12 minutes. So that impact, that effect on me uh, made me realize how uh, rewarding it is to do something great. And this evolved into so much more. I became a, a coach for several others who battled cancer. Money and, and was not a priority anymore. My legacy was more important. So while I was battling, I thought what would people remember me for? And mm. that's in the DNA of beam because nobody's going to remember a incredible tasting protein that they had six years ago, but they will remember a brand that they contributed to year after year, month after month that then gave back and made differences in this world, uh, having an impact, a lasting or long lasting impact. That means everything to me.
1: Yeah. How, how did all that contribution and giving and f- like the philanthropy Change, how did that impact your body and its resilience and its response to the battle that you were fighting?
0: So, I think you get talents or skills uh, given to you so you could overcome challenges because otherwise, Mm. what's the point? And I was always an incredibly positive person, but I didn't realize my impact on others. So, when I realized that being positive through this battle and being the type of person that I was, it actually made me want to do it more. So I was feeding Mm. off of other people's uh, reactions to me and and, uh, interactions with me to make me the person that I was. And I think that it's really important to be positive for yourself. But when you're battling, what people don't really talk about is you're in the corner. It's uh, fight or flight. And you're worried more about your loved ones and your friends. So Mm. by being positive for them and, and showing them that you're okay... It actually allows you to be a little bit more stronger and a little bit more focused on, on getting through to that end goal of surviving and getting into remission.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How did how did this interact with uh, with running the business while you were while you were going through this this transformation and this battle?
0: So I like to say I went to work every day. I like to say that I only took off certain days and that I had bad days, obviously. But the truth is that when you do go through this process, you are operating no matter what, it's called brain chemo brain. Uh you're operating at, at the most seventy percent when you're when you're even a hundred percent. So it affected work significantly in terms of I needed my support system to really come in and really be strong for me so what that means is that i needed to delegate a lot and uh, i was running at that time for campus protein the affiliate program and the campus representative program specifically and we had to hire a couple extra people and we had to include uh, my ceo as a interim manager for that program to to kind of monitor those numbers so When when you're battling, it's your decision to let your quality of life kind of give in or give out in regards to work life, home life. You can only do so much, but you get to make those decisions. You don't let the cancer kind of decide that. And when I did go into work, I would contribute as much as possible. But ultimately, I was diminished for 18 months. And to be honest with everybody here, the the business did suffer. And not drastically, thank God, but uh, it definitely did not hit our growth numbers that we were tracking for each and every month because our business was growing so much.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's a couple of things that happened there is that you, you learned to delegate and a lot of that delegation did occur. And so, you know, you kind of distributed your leadership throughout the team in some sense. And also it was lacking a lot of your attention.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, you want to kind of have your hand in everything and delegation and trust in your product, whatever your product may be, even if it's a service, it's really tough to give up. And I gave it up. I learned a lot of lessons. It wasn't executed properly, but it actually made me a better manager. And the trust that I have with my employees now is incredible because I'm a a firm believer in letting your employees add value and not the other way around. I don't add value to their lives. Um, so it's, it's it's really important to me that everything that I've been through made me better on a business front, on a personal front, on a philanthropic front. Uh, these are the little things that if you allow life to make you better, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. So so it's really important for me for that.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me more about this. You know farm to shaker concept you said that you handle everything in-house you're not outsourcing the manufacturing or the, the flavors how how does that work how are you able to did you raise a lot of capital to be able to put all these pieces together or did you just hit the market really hard and make a bunch of money that you can invest in this infrastructure
0: Great question. Yeah, So uh, with Campus Protein, uh, it's been around for 10 years. Uh, we were able to kind of get into the industry and understand the industry. We sell other people's products on Campus Protein. So it's not our private line stuff. And we did end up uh, evolving into some private line stuff. That's where we kind of learned the manufacturing process. And Uh, we got to a point where the manufacturer that we were using uh, became uh, a valuable partner of ours. And we then absorbed and understood kind of the processes that needed to go with starting with the product in terms of the ingredients, to formulating it, to flavoring it, to doing all these things. And we were able to basically leverage uh, an existing uh, situation where we were kind of bringing it all together not having to outsource it and basically create the ultimate product with no middlemen.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, you, you were juggling two startups then during this time you had campus protein and then started up this, this beam doing, bringing into house all of this manufacturing and this whole like kind of supply chain and also fighting cancer. What, what was it like to juggle multiple businesses at this time?
0: Uh, not easy. It regards. It requires. Sorry, a lot of um, focus and extra man hours. Prioritization is everything. So, with Beam being a startup, it wasn't existing yet while Campus Protein was thriving. So, the goal was going into this process to automate as much as possible with Campus Protein, our fulfillment, our logistics, all of that type of stuff. If we could uh, automate it and make it more seamless, while hiring other people. Uh, whether it's the affiliate marketing manager, whether it's our customer service team and and building that out, we were able to allow us to then send more of our hours towards Beam and building it. So what started out as 100% Campus Protein slowly became 90%, slowly became 70%, and so on and so forth, when now we're spending more time on Beam because it it needs that nourishment, it needs that attention, then we have more employees now at Campus Protein. So um, it's difficult, but if you're strategic, if you have a healthy business and foundational, really high foundational qualities of your business on all fronts uh, with very little cracks, you're able to take your attention away from it. And I think that was the most important factor is that Campus Protein was extremely healthy when we decided to start mm-hmm. being. Did we take our attention away from uh, the people that were Maintaining it? No. Uh, we just became better managers with more trust. And then Beam had no employees, so we basically had to uh, turn back the clocks like we were in Campus Protein 2010 and uh, run it from the ground up and, and really kind of bootstrap everything. We had funding because of Campus Protein. We mm-hmm. had uh, all the understanding of the industry. We had the formulations. We had everything other than a customer. And how we got the customer was the biggest challenge, and pretty much the only challenge, um, other than content creation and marketing.
1: Yeah, how how do you get the customer in a in a space so crowded as protein powder, where protein companies just grow on trees and the, the
0: barrier of entry to this industry is, is pretty much a joke. Like anybody with almost a bathtub's as scary as that is. Uh, one of the issues that we have or have seen in the industry is that how do you know a company's good? Like, how do you know that something that you're putting in your body is healthy and safe? And with Beam, uh, we want it to be synonymous with healthy. We want it to be synonymous with top quality and and top-notch experiences. And uh, how we got the customer is your question. Uh, We decided that the industry was heavily going towards influencer marketing. And that is not something we did with Campus Protein. So I had to learn influencer marketing pretty much overnight. And let me just tell you, I made a lot of mistakes with influencer marketing. It took me about four months of prep to learn about it, to, to recruit. It took me about a six months from launch to actually get the product uh, or get the understanding of, of what is successful with influencer marketing. Um, and to this day, I still don't know what I'm doing in terms of uh, uh, it's not a proven model, uh, but I do know uh, when I see a good influencer, I know their potential and I know what they can bring to the to the value of this company.
1: What was your most creative mistake in uh, approaching influencer marketing?
0: My most creative mistake. Um, yeah, I would say creative.
1: Yeah. Like the most interesting, like, uh, like not an obvious mistake, but just something that like, wow. <laughs>
0: oh man, that's a tough one. I would say, um, trying to, uh, overlap industry. So finding somebody who is very successful in one place and being like, Oh, I can copy and paste that success in another. Um, mm. and it's funny that, um, if we are talking with hindsight, it was TikTok. So I thought if somebody's good on TikTok, they would be good on Instagram and vice versa, and they could sell. And uh, the key with TikTok is you have to understand what makes somebody good at TikTok. Will that follower listen to them? Is it just content creation? Or is it educational? And TikTok is one of our highest grossing channels now when uh, for the first six months, we lost so much money on TikTok influencers
1: how do you, how do you structure a deal with an influencer? What is, tell me how, how this works. Cause I've been on the other side of this as a air sports athlete, we'd have companies approach us to be like, you know, take some photos with a CBD supplement and we'll give you a free one or something. And there's just like a whole range of different deals that you could get. And I'm curious how you, how you approach this. There's so many people out there that would be like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll sling your protein powder how do you determine what's what's worthwhile to expend your resources on
0: so the last part about your question when you're like sure i'll sling your protein powder that's a very important aspect that i try to avoid so i don't want anybody in my ecosystem to just do it for the money so the minute it's for money i i i actually eliminate and stop conversations and mm. the first thing that we do with everything Uh, with beam is they have to try the product we do not open a conversation we do not start a conversation until they say they absolutely love the product and then we'll use it every day then we say hey what do you want in a partnership we hear what they want we hear whether it's compensation whether it's support whether it's just building a brand it's very important because it's a partnership it's not a one-way street it's a two-way street to hear what they want Um, We understand our budget. They don't know that. So um, once we hear what they want, uh, if we do hear the compensation number, uh, whether it's just commission, whether it's commission plus salary, uh, free product, who knows? uh, We then uh, put together a budget or a plan. So with influencer marketing, there's so many terms. The term budget is really just like, hey, how much do you guys want to spend? And Mm -hmm. we put that together for each influencer. We have that conversation, we hop on a call with them, uh, we see if that makes them happy, and then we ask them uh, the question, how could we add value to them? And I think that's a, a very important part. So uh, the way that we do it is they have to fall in love with the product first, we hear what they want, we see what we could afford, and then we have those conversations. And when we do agree upon a price, that's when the deliverables or what their uh, body of work will be discussed. And um, I can say that a lot of conversations start, uh, but not a lot of conversations end with them signing because it's a it's a complicated process. It's a it's a long term deal that's really important. They have a brand to protect and they have a brand that they want to kind of work on. We have a brand uh, with the same ideas. and. To get them aligned is it's very difficult. So building an influencer program, a strong one, uh, it's a brick by brick process. It's it's a long term process. It's definitely not short term quick money.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that insight. That's that's fascinating. So so tell me, what's what's next for you and Beam, and if you are fully successful in the next five years, what's what's your wish list of what you've achieved? through this
0: so the most exciting part about building this brand is it's my story so for me to even think about that it's 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 almost a little weird for me the products will always be superior so that third pillar that philanthropic pillar is the most exciting thing so every customer that we acquire ever every sale that we can make we are improving or increasing our impact on what we can give back so overarching five years 10 years it doesn't matter as long as we're successful the most exciting thing for me is giving back but long term i want to be more than a supplement brand i want to be a lifestyle brand because when you are uh, being amazing when you are being the best version of yourself uh, you are affecting obviously your physical uh attributes but you're also affecting your your mental health which is really important to me uh we're we're an exclusive brand in terms of high-end premium but we're extremely inclusive that anybody can be part of this so we want to be as mainstream as possible offering the same quality of product uh in your local stores uh online we want to be synonymous with the top tier brand in
1: health and wellness Hmm. well thank you for joining us michael that sounds like an amazing vision and i'm really appreciative of hearing your story
0: oh thank you so much it was such a pleasure talking with you today
1: yeah Take care.